This 2023 NFC East Season Player Props edition of the PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app to get last-minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. Use promo code SGPN for $20 off. And we're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbooks. Down, download the app now and use code DGEN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code DGEN. Welcome, everyone, to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday, August the 21st, currently 535 on the East Coast, here to get into another division for our season-long player props. And today, we'll be talking about one of the more exciting divisions, I guess we can say, the NFC East. And here to help me break it out down, I got my guys here with me. First, I got my guy here, Chris, with me. Chris, what's happening, my man? What's up? You know, if it's another week, uh, you know, hopefully we can give out some more winners. And we always like to say new week, new money, whether we're betting season-long props or, uh, you know, just size, totals, over-unders, you know, action for the day, whatever the case might be. So hopefully we can kind of keep, you know, trending in that right direction, excited to, to break this division down. We, me and uh, Rod talked about it last week. You know, you're kind of giving us the snooze fest divisions, uh, you know, to start, right? <laughs> but uh, we, we do have an exciting one for today, and I'm excited to break it down with you guys. Yeah, this week uh, we probably have uh, two of the more exciting divisions, the NFC East, and then later this week we'll be doing the AFC West. So um, maybe saving the better ones for the for our uh, – as we approach, I guess, the home stretch for our player props with four divisions down, and so I believe four more to go here. So, uh, yeah, definitely excited to get into it also. I got my guy here, Rod, with me. Rod, how's it feeling this Monday morning or afternoon, I should say? Momentum definitely rolling in the right direction, like Chris said, toward a very, uh, I mean, we're getting to the good stuff now. This is this is where we're breaking down the, the good players, the better players in the in the uh, league. So I'm excited, man. Always am. Always uh, happy to talk NFL. You know, take a break from the NASCAR every once in a while. Get into my first love, which was football. There we go. Uh, NFC East today, uh, like we mentioned, and we have obviously the Dallas Cowboys, um, the New York Giants, the Washington Commanders, and of course the defending uh, NFC champs, I should say, the Philadelphia Eagles, who just fell a little bit short in their Super Bowl run last year, led by that prolific offense led by Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah, so one of the more in, uh, fun divisions, I guess we can uh, discuss here today. It's going to be a lot of fun to see where we kind of line up or if we have any agreement or uh, some more disagreements in this division. So, gentlemen, let's just kick it right off. Uh, we'll start here with our first player props. Uh, Rod, leave us off, my man. All right. Well, I'm going to start with the prolific passer that is Daniel Jones, but I'm going to go for his legs because I'm seeing right now that his rushing prop, his rushing total prop is 575 and a half rushing yards. I am smashing the under on this one at minus 120. I'm telling you right now, I understand it. I get it. I get the Daniel Jones had over 700 yards rushing last season, 708 to be exact. I, I fully understand Daniel Jones is a mobile quarterback and uses his legs to gain yardage, but I will give you exhibit A of who he was actually throwing to last season. He had Darius Slayton. 
He had Richie James. He had Isaiah Hodgins. He had Saquon Barkley, Daniel Bellinger. This is not an all-star cast of wide receivers that he was throwing the ball to last season. There's a reason that he had to run that many times. There's a reason that he had, for the first time in his career, more than 10 carries or more than nine carries, really, in a game, right? He had, what, one, two, three, four, five, six games in which he had at least 10 carries, if not more. That's not going to happen this year. They bring in Darren Waller, right, to shore up and to give him an opportunity to have a pass catcher that had a thousand yard ability, right? They they brought in Paris Campbell from Indy, not a prolific pass catcher, but at least a competent one in his own right. They have made these strides to take the ball away from Daniel Jones's legs. He doesn't want to get banged up. They don't want him to get banged up. They would rather see him under this 525 and a half rushing yard total, because that means he's completing more passes. That means he's throwing it a more and putting the ball in his hands. So uh, I think that we, I mean, cause before, if you look at his totals before too, um, he had 298 in 2011. Granted, he didn't play a full season. He had 423 the year before that. Again, not a full season. 279, not a full season, but these aren't anywhere near really uh, any any 525 yards. And in fact, if it weren't for his game against uh, the 107 yards that he rushed for uh, in that game against Indianapolis late in the season, uh, or I'm sorry, it was Jacksonville late in the season. He had 91 yards against Indy, but those games aren't going to exist next season. I get or this coming season. I guarantee you. So give me Daniel Jones under five and a half, uh, 525 and a half rushing yards. Save him. He needs his arm more than his legs. I feel like, yeah, this might be a down year for the uh, New York Giants um, and Daniel Jones in particular. Like you mentioned last year, uh, this team finished up with a record of what, seven, nine, and one, if I'm not mistaken, something in that neighborhood, or was it nine, seven, and one? I might, might get my uh, record mixed up here. But um, obviously, it was the first year with uh, Brian Dable as the head coach for the New York uh, football Giants. And I guess a breath of fresh air for, for this team, right? They made the playoffs after so many years. Um, Daniel Jones had a uh, above average um, season, I guess we can say, from what we're really used to seeing. And you name some of the guys there that, you know, were on this roster and the guys that he had to throw to. Darren Waller, I think, is a great addition for them via trade coming from over from the Raiders. You also add Paris Campbell, like you mentioned there, Rod. Um, but I think that you're right that, you know, historically we've seen, well, obviously with Brian Dable when he was with the uh, Buffalo Bills, the Josh Allen was also a scrambler uh, for uh, that Buffalo Bills team. So um, I think this number is going to be close. I, I particularly were lean slightly towards the over, but I think you make great counterpoints about, hey, that they added two more guys to this uh, passing core. That maybe, you know, takes the pressure off of the legs of Daniel Jones and makes him uh, maybe a passer in this league. But let's also not forget, last season, the New York Giants had the uh, easiest schedule in all of NFL. Um, and this season, I believe they have the, I think, the 12th or 13th most difficult schedule now. So that's a significant change uh, for this uh, New York uh, Giants team here. Chris, thoughts on Daniel Jones here as far as his rushing yards total? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually right there with Rob. I almost, I almost like this one. It is my favorite. And I, I, I do like it. I like it a lot. I'll, 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 I'll use another one just, you know, just cause Rod used this one, but um, I like it for all of the, all of the points that he made. I think, um, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of correlate. And when you get more talent around you so that you can do something else to be successful, then that's, you know, that, that, that typically correlates with, you know, you running the ball just a tad bit less. So, 
Um, I thought the number was was a tad bit too high, and I, I think it's a great under spot. We always talk about unders getting a lot of value. Well, not the public doesn't like unders, but us yeah. betters <laughs> try to be you know call ourselves sharp betters. I do think it's a spot that I would look towards the under on as well. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it there. I think Rob made a lot of great points to kind of back it up, and some of those things I had in my notes as well. All right, before we get over to our next player props, uh, let me tell you guys that we are, well, actually it's here. Week zero, college football uh, kicking off this weekend, and you've been waiting all year for some college football. I know we're in the midst of preseason for the NFL, but I guess we should say meaningful football is here, and it starts with college football, and so are the traditions, the tailgates, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football game. Side total, just bet $5. You'll get that $200 bonus instantly. Um, Again, kick off the season this season with DraftKings Sportsbook. I believe Navy and Notre Dame are playing this weekend. College of uh, Football Week Zero. Again, plenty of more games. Download the app now. Make sure to use that promo code DGEN. That's D-E-G-E-N, DGEN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, like I mentioned, but make sure to use that promo code DGEN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. If you're in West Virginia, Visit www.1800gambler.net in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown. Races, all games are regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resorts, 20 years or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. And speaking of football season, and if you're looking to get out to a football game this season, whether it's college football, like I mentioned, NFL Week 1, or you still want to get out to a preseason game, or you still want to get out to a baseball game, you need to make sure to check out and get those tickets from game time. It takes sometimes a lot of months of planning to you know get to a certain game, and you have to buy those tickets because you think they're going to be gone. Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore with game time because the app gives you tickets right up to game time. And sometimes they offer some significant discounts with killer deals on last-minute tickets. Their best prices are guaranteed. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. Some things I love about the game time experience, well, flash deals and last-minute tickets, like I mentioned, they're easy to find. You can buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, not just sporting events, but if you have you know concerts going on in your area, you want to get out to a theater, it's all there on the game time app. But the best thing that I love about the game time app is when you go to buy those tickets, they actually show you an image of uh, where you're going to be sitting in that particular venue, whether it is a sporting event, whether it's a comedy show, whether it is a theater uh, that you're going to go out there and watch. Their uh, lowest price are guaranteed event event cancellation protection as well. And like I mentioned, forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, uh, baseball, theater, like I mentioned. But to take advantage of it, all you got to do is download the GameTime app, create an account, and make sure to use promo code SGPN 
for $20 off of your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download Game Time app. Last minute tickets, lowest prices are guaranteed. All right, Chris, take us over to your player prop number one, my friend. What have we got? So let's stay um, with quarterbacks and let's stay with legs as well. I'm looking at Jalen Hurts and I like his over on his rushing yards. So I know Rod said he's under on Daniel Jones. I like the over one on Jalen Hurts. Uh, number is 69, 69, 699 and a half. So 700, 700 yards is the, the best number I could get. That number is over on FanDuel and it's actually not. Not a lot of juice, minus one ten. So we're getting a standard standard price there. You can check other sports books. They 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 do have it about twenty five yards higher, seven twenty five, seven twenty six on some books as well. Um, just looking at looking at Jalen Hurts and and how I kind of see this this uh, Philadelphia Eagles offense this year. Um, past two years, he he carried. So let's just go for last year. Last year he carried the ball one hundred and sixty five times. Uh, had went over the number by sixty yards. Um, year before. Uh, 784 yards. So he went over the number as well. They they bring in Rashad Penny, who I'm not like the biggest fan of. Uh, the Eagles will have one of the better offensive lines. And to me, when I think about that and watching the Eagles play, I just see wide receivers not able to get a ton of separation at all times, right? And then the play breaks down and we have a, a really good athlete, right? So this one was a simple cap for me. I think that Jalen Hurts gets 750 to 800 yards this season. Um, in a in a season where they are maybe potentially due to progress just a tad bit, yep. um, just because they you know exceeded expectations and got all the way to the Super Bowl last year, but I I like Jalen Hurts to go over uh, the six ninety nine and a half uh, rushing yards this year using his legs. Well, this kind of correlates into my player prop here as well. I'll get to my quarterback uh, player prop second because it ties in very nicely uh, with Chris, what you just mentioned about Rashad Penny, because I'm actually taking the under on him. And there's a lot of reasons that you just mentioned, right? That, okay, great offensive line for this Philadelphia Eagles team, uh, top three in the league for sure, right? Um, But that running back uh, group room, you talk about DeAndre Swift that they picked up. You added Rashad Penny. You still have Kenneth Gainwell. And we also have a running quarterback in Jalen Hurts that – 100% 100% of the snaps when he's playing are the balls or 99.9, I should say, let's have some type of gimmick plays. It's going to be in his hands, right? So I think this might be an MVP caliber year for Jalen Hurts. I think that's certainly in the possibilities. But when we talk about the running back group, um, if if I had to take it over on, on a rushing yard prop, it would be what Chris, you just mentioned with Jalen Hurts, which kind of led me to take in Rashad Penny to go under his uh, rushing yard prop, and that number was at 600 and a half. And again, we talk about four guys that need the ball to run, or at least three guys. We talk about DeAndre Siff, like I mentioned, Rashad Penny and Kenneth Gainwell, and Jalen Hurts, what Chris just mentioned. There's only one football to go around, and oh, let's not forget that they still have Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown in the uh, wide receiving group there, along with Dallas Carter, that tight end position. So it's going to be really difficult for all of these guys to have a huge successful season as far as getting over their rush totals outside of Jalen Hurts because you still have three guys in that backfield. But they also play a difficult schedule of rush defenses this year, including nine games with teams right inside the top 10 projected rush defenses. And a lot of those are within this uh, division. I know we'll talk about that more as we kind of get into our player props here. But again, it's correlated with what Chris just mentioned. Over on Jalen Hurts makes a lot of sense. He's done it. He's running quarterback. We see that throughout his college career. We saw that as his first uh, year as a full-time starter. 
for the Philadelphia Eagles. And also Rashad Penny is very injury prone as well, right? We've seen that he hasn't been able to stay healthy throughout his, you know, first couple of seasons in the uh, NFL. So I took the under on 600 and a half here rushing yards with, again, Chris correlates with what you mentioned here. So I know you just mentioned that you don't like Rashad Penny. You're not a fan of makes me feel even better about my bet here. Murad, Jalen Hurts, Rashad Penny, talk about this running game. So the Eagles rushed for 2,500 yards last season as a team, right? Yeah. Obviously, you talk about Jalen Hurts having 760 of that. Miles Sanders had 1,200 of that. So you bring in DeAndre Swift, right? You think that he's probably going to get, I don't know that he'll get to 1,200, but maybe he'll get to 1,000, right? Maybe that's that's where his ceiling is. That still doesn't leave a lot because Kenneth Gainwell got 240. He's still there. Like, I don't know where yeah. where uh, Penny's going to really fit into this offense to get 600 yards if no other running back outside of uh, of either Gainwell or Boston Scott, who had 217 back in the day. That's kind of where I could see Rashad Penny fitting in, and that 217 maybe gets 300 yards because there's already too many cooks back in that kitchen. So I don't know that they're going to they're gonna find a place to, to fit Penny in. Seattle really didn't, so... Yeah. What makes them think that Philly with a stocked cupboard is going to be able to? Yeah, I agree. Uh, so let me go back to my quarterback prop and also has to uh, talk about what, what Rod mentioned with Daniel Jones. You take his under on his rushing yards. I'm taking the under on his passing yards. Uh, that number is currently at, let me see, I think I found it at 3,300 and a half um, for the upcoming season for uh, Daniel Jones. And look, this division is facing a very tough schedule as far as schedule of uh, pass defenses and rush defenses. Like we talked about it right now with um, Rashad Penny and uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so for the Giants, they face nine teams as well with a, a pass, uh, um, sorry, pass defense ranked inside the top 10. That's nine teams. Let's go even further. Let's take a step further. Let's talk about league average. 13 of their 17 opponents are projected to have an above uh, league average pass defense ranking 14th or better for this upcoming season. Daniel Jones hasn't gone over this projection of 33 and a half um, passing yards at all in his career. Last season, that's where he's got the closest 3,205 passing yards. He did miss, was game, miss one game. Um, but again, if you probably would have played in that game, he would have gotten over this uh, uh, win total. Oh, sorry, this uh, projected passing yards total for Dan, uh, Daniel Jones. Health is also a concern with Daniel Jones, right? Last season was the first time he's played 16 games, and that's not a full season because we now have the 17th game. But going to back to the prior three years in Daniel Jones' career, 13 out of 16 games, 14 out of 16 games, and 11 out of 16 games that he's played in. Um, I know, like we mentioned, when we talk, uh, Rod talked about the weapons that they did add with uh, Paris Campbell and also Darren Waller, who I am high on coming into the season. Um, but I just feel like this is going to be a... a a season where I think Daniel Jones probably going to hover around that 3000 mark, 3200 mark again. Um, and again, like we talk about injuries are always concerned with uh, some of these players, including Daniel Jones that we talked about. So I'm going to take the under on Daniel Jones here. Uh, Rod, I know you mentioned you liked his under on his passing yards. Now I'm, I may have to warn at least for my Rod and self that this may be our last time on the podcast and Chris Kramer does listen to this episode. So just keep that in mind, Rod, as we kind of progress through this episode. I don't think he's going to mind so long as they keep winning. It doesn't matter how they do it. It just, they don't ask how they just ask how many. So I think we're good on that case, but look, I could see this cashing even if 
Waller has a 1200 yard season through the air because who else, like I said, is left Paris Campbell may get close to a thousand yards, but that graveyard of everybody else around them is not going to account for like 2000 more yards. It's just, it's not going to happen unless he can find a way to, you know, make Richie James a thing. I, I don't know. So I, I, I see Waller getting a bulk of these catches in these yards, but there may not be that many to go around. So, uh, I mean, I'm with you. It may be tough, though, because what if Paris Campbell does have a breakout year? And that's that's the only thing. You know, if, if one gets 1,200, the other gets 1,200, you know, then you're looking at 24. And and now you now it's a little bit easier for the rest of those guys to kind of make up the difference. So that'd be my only concern. But, yeah, I mean, this team, they're going to win, but it, it's not going to be pretty. And it's not going to be flashy. Chris, thoughts on uh, uh, Daniel Jones's passing yards for this upcoming season? Yeah, I, no, I would agree. I, I think you guys made all the all the prerequisite points. Um, I'm I'm not really high on Daniel Jones, and the other thing that we always talk about, you know, is is we hate to beat the dead horse, but it's the injury factor, right? Like, yeah. can he stay healthy for the entirety of a season? We talked about this with other quarterbacks throughout the season, throughout, throughout the propcast that we've done on previous shows. Yeah. You know, sometimes all it takes is, you know, two or three games for those guys to be missed, right? It could be a short injury, not even necessarily a long injury. Um, and then, you know, that, that prop, you know, goes away. So it's it's, it's a lot. I, 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 I think I can't remember who the smart guy was who told me this, you know, but they said that when you bet under, you're, all, you're always winning your bet until the, the play goes over, right? Whether it's season long or, you know, it's just, just uh, you know, for the day. So something to kind of take into consideration for, for all the overbetters. I, I like the under on this one. Well, and not just not just uh, the fact that the injury, too, that you made it perfect because with a quarterback, it's even more because you're talking sometimes 500 yards, right? A couple of games is 500 yards, 250, 250, whatever, sometimes more depending on if they throw for more. So that's a big gap. A running back could be like, a hundred could be 150, but for quarterback, we're talking, you know, 500, 600 yards, which is uh, immense to a, a final total. All right. Before we continue our player props here for the NFC East, let me tell everyone about the sports gambling podcast, Patreon. Make sure you check out our Patreon, sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL win totals contest with a thousand dollar first place prize. The guys just recorded, your first sports gambling podcast, Dory's podcast, just for the patrons, chronicling the birth of the sports gambling podcast network. There's even a Discord channel just for patrons, and the sports gambling podcast has and always will give out their picks for free. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. Again, get all the details over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash patreon august is almost over where i think we're about a week away or maybe 10 days away from august ending and you know what that means time is running out for you to draft your fantasy football teams because football is almost here and make sure you're doing it over at underdog fantasy get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy all you have to do is one live snake draft no waivers no trades. You said it. Forget it. And Underdog does the rest of the work. Try it, out with, try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time with $15 million of total prizes for upper grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Do you have what it takes to win it all? The time is now. The last draft to draft your fantasy football team is September 7th. Visit underdogfantasy.com and uh, find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code SGPN. 
to get your first deposit doubled of up to $100. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com. Make sure you use the promo code SGPN. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Rod, take us over to player prop number two, my friend. What do you got? All right, let's go to the Eagles again. Let's talk about their wide receiver, their prolific wide receiver, A.J. Brown. I love the over on his uh, 15. Well, actually, I'm so I love his over. His over is at like only a thousand yards. It's just it's insane. Smash that first and foremost, because that's yeah, you took that's, you took my right. <laughs> so I won't, but I won't, I won't take, I won't steal it because I found one even better that I like. AJ Brown, this is DraftKings offering this AJ Brown to have fifteen hundred or more receiving yards at six to one. Mm. Six hundred for fifteen hundred yards. Now you say to me, Rod, that's a gigantic number. Yes, it is. He was only four yards away from hitting that last season. I understand that the previous three years, he hadn't even sniffed that, right? 1,051, 1,075, 869 in the three years of Tennessee. He was in Tennessee. Nobody throws the ball in Tennessee when you got Derrick Henry, right? I mean, it was it was tough for him to really come out of his shell. Now, I think you've seen the true A.J. Brown unleashed and what he can honestly do uh, in an offense that is as wide open as Philadelphia's is. We talked about Jalen Hurts rushing the ball a lot. They all rushed the ball a lot. And yet still, A.J. Brown was still able to get uh, 1,496 yards. That is even with uh, Devontae Smith getting over 1,000 yards himself, right? And Dallas Goddard finding a way to 700. Now, the reason that A.J. Brown did not get up to this number was he had a few games where he left some stuff on the table, most notably that game against Washington where he only had one catch for seven yards in that game, right? Imagine if he would have been able to play a full game in that. You think he would have been able to get four more yards on at least one more catch, five more yards anyways to cash this bet? Uh, I absolutely think he would have. You know, got, guy got monster games in him, 10 for 155 week one. Right, he turns uh, another one, uh, eight for one nineteen, nine for one eighty-one. He's explosive, and now that this offense has has really taken advantage of him, I think we're on to something here. I love, obviously, Chris will make a, a better uh, argument for his over, but give me fifteen hundred plus yards at six to one. It just doesn't seem like it. Just seems like that's something that you should be able to get to, and it may take you all seventeen weeks to get there. But when he gets fifteen hundred. You're going to be a very happy person uh, by the end of the year. So, uh, yeah, give me that. A.J. Brown, 1,500 more yards on DraftKings at plus 600. I like it. I mean, look, I think that, number one, you nailed it when you talked about with the Titans. It was, it was run heavy. We, we talked about this when we did the AFC South preview. We talked about this when we did it on the prop cast as well, uh, player props at that offense was centered around King Henry. They're run-first offense. They're a blue-collar type of team. They like to get down and dirty, and that's how they win games over in Tennessee, where you talk about Philadelphia. It's more of a finesse, right? This defense, I think, is still going to be terrible. That's going to have to propel them to throw the football. Maybe not the front seven, but maybe the secondary is not going to be very good for this Philadelphia Eagles team. And we saw it multiple times last season that they were involved in shootouts, right? I think it was the first or second week where they played the Lions that they were in a shootout, and they scored, what, 70-plus points. So, um. Again, I think that uh, for A.J. Brown, and it's it's just really A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, right? I think it's not like those two guys are going to feast. We saw it last year, and again, I'd really like the at, at 6-1. to one, I mean, He was four yards away last season where he only played, what would you mention? Uh, he played in 17 games, but he fell probably one catch short of uh, getting to that mark of 1,500 for uh, last season at least. So 
Yeah, I, I like it, especially at the value of 6-1. A bit of a breaking news in the NFL. We'll touch on that after we get Chris's thoughts about A.J. Brown. And he also has a player prop on A.J. Brown. Take it away, Chris. Yeah, I mean, you guys took all the great points, so I'll just reiterate them all over again. But, you know, 1,050 yards, I'm, I'm a little more chicken than Rod at the 6-1. to one, But I do think, you know, it's great value, like Rod said, for all the different points that he made. But 1,050 yards at minus 110 seems like a steal for this guy. And, 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 you know, what you alluded to, you know, we talked about it, like you said, when we did, um, you know, the Titans, when we, when we did the podcast with the Titans, but, you know, run heavy, run heavy um, offense there. And that was just his first year. We're talking about a very, du- you know, durable receiver, doesn't miss games. He has, you know, big catch radius, big six, one wide receiver who can stretch the field. Um, and Jalen Hurts, man, we we it was kind of his coming out party. I know you guys remember a couple years ago when we were kind of wondering how long Jalen Hurts is gonna have a job. Like this, this yeah. dude was terrible just a couple years ago. And I think we've just kind of you know tipped the iceberg at what this offense can be. You know, can be. We talked about you know a little bit already about how good their offensive line is, and you know just the expectations for this offense. I don't know, you know, if Jalen Hurts gets to his number, I, I think I would lean more towards the over. But I do think that it'll be ample opportunities for a guy like A.J. Brown to go out there and be able to make play after play. You know, if you mentioned their defense, you mentioned that secondary, specifically yeah. the, the the back second, the, the, the back of the secondary um, not being great, right? Don't, when you give up those big plays, that's when your offense has to go back on the field even more. So we just, you know, it could be some shootouts with this, you know, with this team, um, you know, based on the schedule that they have this year. So for all of those reasons, give me A.J. Brown, like, 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 uh, like Rod said, Four four yards short of fifteen hundred. So to put this at last season, so to put this at a thousand and fifty feels like a really 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 big discount and a bargain that that we may see go up. You know, so maybe this is a player prop that you want to take. You know, now maybe rather than wait until a little bit later. But a thousand and fifty and a half, you can lock that in on DraftKings right now. And I did from Tennessee's last season in Tennessee to this first year in Philly, twenty five more receptions last season. And then he had 40 more targets as well uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles last season. So it looks like it should be uh, if Philadelphia does pick up where they left off um, last season as far as offensively and being able to score points at A.J. Brown, at least in the passing game, will be the focal point along with Devontae Smith. I alluded to it earlier, a little bit of breaking news. Maybe we could briefly touch on it at the end of our episode here. But Adam Schefter reporting that the Colts have actually granted permission for Jonathan Taylor to actually seek a trade um, from that team. So we we could, you know, we will briefly touch on it and see if there's something that uh, maybe we have a team that we can dig up uh, to see where he does land. But I believe that is uh, everybody's uh, two props each. Let's get over to our last round. Rod, lead us off. Yes, sir. Uh, let's go to Washington, the mostly ignored commanders. Uh, let's go to Terry McLaurin, probably the one bright spot on that team. I found another little fun doozy over on DraftKings that gives you Terry McLaurin to have at least 75 or more receiving yards in eight or more individual regular season games. This is at minus 110. It's not sexy. It's not super sexy, but... Uh, This is a way for you to get in on Terry McLaurin to do something that uh, he's fully capable of doing. I know eight games seems like a a ton, especially now that we're into the 17 game season. You're going to want to have it done more. Uh, But he came close to this last year. I think he was one game short. He had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Actually, so he did hit this. uh, This uh, he was one game short. I'm sorry. One game short of this last year. 
Uh, but again, this is a team that is going to be behind a lot. They're going to need to throw a lot. Terry McLaurin has played all 17 games in two seasons in a row. Uh, so that means he's on the field. That means he's capable of being able to get out there. And they don't have much help past Terry. I mean, they have Curtis Samuel. Uh, okay. He's a dude. That's fine. Uh, they have Jahan Dotson. I get that he's super flashy and sexy. Uh, but when you just take a look at what the commanders have done overall anyways in this, it's really come down to Terry McLaurin, and it wasn't even close. Like, Terry had 1,191 yards last year. Samuel had 656. Dotson had 523. This year, who's throwing them the ball? I don't know. It could be Sam. Well, Sam Howell was named the starter. Yes. But how long is Jacoby Brissett going to wait for that to happen? Right. It, it's it's a matter of who's going to who's going to throw him the ball. It doesn't matter at this point, though, because he had a whole lot of people throwing him the ball last year, too. And he still managed to get over a thousand yards. Um, so he is a guy that can get 75 yards a game. I guess it was one one game short of that. He did it in his rookie season. He hit this mark. So we need to see more of that. And I think the, the commanders need to see more of that to be successful. So, uh, again, the prop is. Terry McLaurin to have 75 or more receiving yards in eight or more individual regular season games. Find that on DraftKings at minus 110. Like I said, it's probably the only thing Washington's got going for him this season. I, I mean, I agree with this, but with the point that you made that they are going to be playing from behind and probably most of their games. I know they have a couple games in their, their first week against the Cardinals. Uh, that's definitely winnable. Um, and then you have the Rams, but they are going to be on the West Coast for that. But um, they're not favored in very many games this upcoming season. In fact, they're only favored in two games uh, all of this season. And I think two games are at pick them. But it makes a lot of sense that, again, this team will be playing from behind. I know they have a really great front seven uh, led by, you know, um, Chase Young and, and that group. But you still have to score points at the end of the, uh, at the end of the day to win football games, especially in the National Football League. So, and Terry McLaurin, like you mentioned, Scary Terry, he's been one of the more consistent, if not the most consistent receiver for the uh, Washington Commanders in I don't know how long. Um, I've had him on my fantasy team for the fact, uh, thing though not this last season, but the season prior, where he was absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I was trying to find a Commanders prop as well, Rod. I just couldn't get there. I was looking for some Sam Howell props, but I don't think they've released those yet, but... I think if you are going to play an over, I think, you know, your best bet is probably on uh, backing Terry McLaurin in some type of way here. Uh, Chris, thoughts on Scary Terry for this upcoming year? Hey, first off, you know, if I want to say, now I know what it feels like to do to do the pod when we talk about the Texans all the time. Because me being a Commanders fan, like, everything you guys are saying feels factual and real. And, it, you know, it just breaks my heart just a tad bit more, you know, every word that is spewed. But, I would agree, man. Scary Terry is, uh, you know, the only thing that we really have cooking over there, you know, in Washington as far as, um, you know, production-wise. And, you know, to Rod, to Rod, in all seriousness, to Rod's point, um, you know, he, he'll he have ample opportunity. You know, I, I know you mentioned, uh, you know, commanders playing from behind, which is something that they, they typically do in general. Very slow-paced team, one of the worst offensive teams year after year. Um, but he is going to be, you know, that consistent guy. Uh, no matter who the quarterback is, like Rod said, so I would I would agree with this one. I think uh, Rod Rod's a lot more creative with his props. I gotta I gotta I gotta start doing a little bit more, you know, look, checking out those DraftKings extra you know incentive props because I I would have probably just looked at his yards in general. But um, Commanders being down, you know, majority of the game most likely, uh, you know, he'll 
go up there. He can catch the ball. Very good catch radius. Uh, I like a lot about Scary Terry. Um, you know, so I would play the over on this one. It was, uh, Rod, you said eight games of at least 75 yards, right? Yeah. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a steal. Um, Chris, so you are the Commanders fan. Um, Unfortunately, what, yes. Uh, uh, no, it's okay. Um, but obviously, there, there's, there's, there's definitely potential there, right? We talk about scary Terry Jahan Dotson was a, I think, believe he had eight touchdowns last year. If I'm not mistaken, all the yardage wasn't there for the uh, for him. The running back group, you know, led by Brian Robinson, and the comeback story from him is absolutely fantastic. And Antonio Gibson at a point, you know, was really good. But it really does come down to that, you know, quarterback position at Sam Howell. Do you believe in it, or do you think that? Eventually, I think what I personally think is that Ron Rivera is probably his last season. Then Eric Bieniemy kind of takes over as a head coaching job, and then you know, brings in the quarterback of his choice, or probably through a draft or so, in some form or fashion. What were your thoughts on the future of the Commanders? Yeah, I mean the future of the Commanders at the quarterback position, you know, is like um, you know the future of the stock market. We just never know which way it's going to go. It changes, you know, it fluctuates up and down, and. You know, we're constantly just getting new things in and out all the time. Um, it's really difficult for the commanders to get a solid quarterback and for that quarterback to stay. Even when we, you know, have one and Kirk Cousins who couldn't get us necessarily over the hump, we we didn't resign him. We, we didn't want to, you know, give him all the money in the world that, you know, maybe he deserved, maybe he didn't. But, you know, you for to be a great franchise, you typically have to have a great quarterback that's, that's sustainable, right? Because it takes the offense a few years to kind of get going and then, you know, for, for players to kind of come in, learn the system, buy into the system, you know, you have to retain those those weapons that you have, whether it's offensive linemen or, you know, it's great pass catchers. And that's the revolving door for um, the, the Washington Commanders is that quarterback position that never can seem to, uh, you know, have one that, that lasts, you know, a little bit longer than more than a season or two, unfortunately, as, you know, painful as that, that makes my heart. Uh, all right, Chris, take us over to your last player prop, man. What do you got? So let's go over to Dallas, and I'm looking at the guy that's actually taken over for Zeke. Now that Zeke is, uh, you know, went over to to New England, and I'm looking at I'm looking at Tony Pollard. I like uh, I like his yards to actually go over. You can get this number. He, he's just at a thousand and a half yards. Um, and of course, we know what what Zeke did for this team last year. If you just go back and kind of you know look over over those carries, Zeke had 231 carries to Tony Pollard's just 193 carries. And they got Zeke up out of there. I mean, clearly, we, we I think people have been saying it and kind of seeing it for a while that Tony Pollard was the, you know, the better back. He was the younger back. Uh, and he, he already, you know, eclipsed his number with another running back getting 230 carries last year. So his carry was only at 193 last year. He, you know, he averaged well over five yards a carry. Um, he's a, a pretty explosive back with, you know, averaging 63 yards per game. And if he can do that again, he, he set out, I think it was the last game of the season um, with that thigh injury. Yeah, week 17, he had that thigh injury. But other than that, you know, this guy was was a monster for this team. So, um, you know, and just a couple other numbers that I looked at across 15 um, games that they played together. I mentioned the 231 to 157 carries that Ezekiel Elliott had over him. But, you know, Pollard, he, he provided, he proved to be, you know, much better back. 24th is where he ranks um, – among 24 running backs, I'm sorry, uh, with 190 carries, Pollard actually ranked fourth uh, in pro football um, rushing grade. He was second in yards per carry and first in yards after contact per per attempt as well. Um, second in break 
in breakaway percentage as well. So he has that big play, play capability. And I think, you know, with the offense kind of Jerry Jones and the guys kind of turning over the keys to him and getting Zeke about it, I think he has a big, big season um, to kind of, you know, just alleviate some of the pressure that, uh, you know, that that press is going to have to, uh, you know, with, withstand, you know, yeah. losing a couple of his other guys as well, because there's a tight end uh, turnover as well. And, wide receiver turnover there as well. So give me Tony Pollard to go over uh, the thousand. He just needs a thousand and one rushing yards. And this number is wildly available. Yeah. I mean, you just take a look. I mean, the one thing that kind of sticks out uh, about his career stats, I mean, you just take a look at it. 5.1 yards per carry for his career, right? Three out of four seasons, he's had 5.2 yards per carry or better uh, in his first four seasons. And now he's going to be the full-time back for this uh, Dallas Cowboys team. And like you mentioned, because I think you hit the nail on the head is that, to take some of that pressure and limit the turnover, um, I guess, uh, probability that Dak Prescott presents, uh, throwing interceptions, um, Tony Pollard can, you know, help uh, mitigate some of that, right, with his ability, not only in the pa- uh, running game, but also in the passing game, right? We've seen it that he can also, you know, uh, be a nice pass, ca- pass catcher for this um, Cowboys team. And, and he has that big playability. I mean, take a look at some of his longest rushes throughout the season. And again, there are going to be more if you kind of go down the list. But 44 yards, long reception. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, rush attempt, 42, 58, 57. So he has that big playability. So again, this is again they they let Zeke go for a reason. And like you mentioned, that this should be a big season for Tony Pollard and for him to get at least a thousand and one or thousand and two rushing yards for this upcoming season. Is definitely in the cards because last season, 193 carries, um, 1,007 rushing yards, 5.2 yards per carry, and a season or sorry, career high, I should say, 63 yards per game on the ground, at least for Tony Pollard here, Rod. I wonder how big the party was that Tony Pollard threw when he found out that Zeke was leaving officially. <laughs> I, I wanted to be, I wonder how many bottles were popped that day because. Listen, that dude was waiting patiently for that to happen. He knew. Yeah. And and it's like it's like a race car driver who just stalks the person in front of them. They know they're faster. They know that they they can overtake them. They're just letting the dude in front burn out, burn out and cut all the air. And then when the time is right, they 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 sail past him. That's what Tony Pollard was doing. He's just buying his time. He knew he was in a good situation. I, I he he could have probably pressed for a trade a long time ago and I said, hey, "Listen, man, if you're not going to use me, let me go someplace where I can be of use." But no, he just he chilled. He was like, I'm waiting. And then once Zeke left, now is his time. And I think we are going to see the best of Tony Pollard because we saw what Zeke did in this offense for so very long. Right. He was one of the more dominant backs in the entire league. So Pollard gets an opportunity to show that he waited and it wasn't in vain and that he can actually do something. And I think he is. I think you're absolutely right, guys. I think he's going to come out. I think he's going to make a lot of fantasy managers quite happy, honestly. So uh, in in they're going to make a lot of betters happy as well over the course of the season. And also Dallas comes in with a top 10 uh, ranked offensive line as well. So that only helps, uh, obviously, when we talk about rushing yard overs uh, for a respective player. All right, for my last player prop, gentlemen, uh, we mentioned this guy earlier, um, Darren Waller, over 600 and a half uh, receiving yards. I'm taking the over on that. I feel like this number is a little bit low, right? I don't know that. Number one, Darren Waller, when he was with the Raiders, had two seasons where he was absolutely an all-pro. And he's kind of fallen off when we talked about a couple of seasons ago, maybe three to four years ago, 
when we talked about some of the top tight ends in uh, the league, uh, whether it was for fantasy purposes or just overall on the field, it was Travis Kelsey, it was George Kittle, and Darren Waller's name was in there at conversation as well. But I know over the last two seasons at least, he's dealt with injuries. He's played only a combined 20 games uh, for the Raiders. But now he goes over to a Giants team via trade, and we've already seen some of the uh, you know training camp highlights and some of the stuff in preseason ball with Darren Waller. Um, going back to the 2019, 2020 season, he had thousand, uh, sorry, 1100, uh, receiving yard seasons, uh, in those two years. And again, I know for Darren Waller, it's about staying on the field and being healthy. Um, but I think that he now number one is going to be healthy because again, cashed in very big this off season. And Chris can allude to this getting married to KP this off season and Kelsey Plum. Uh, but I think this is going to only help. And we talked about when we talked about Daniel Jones, that some of the weapons may be a little bit limited, but now that gives you a legitimate tight end option. The Darren Waller, or like I mentioned, has been all pro uh, at least two years when he was with the Raiders. So again, we talk about injuries. It is a concern with Darren Waller, but I think he's healthy now. He's looking good for this giant team and all uh, reports out of camps is that he's, he's having a good, good time or he's fitting into the offense very well that I think Daniel Jones is going to be able to utilize him. That it's not a big number either. 600 and a half. I think we're kind of getting a buy low situation here because of the injuries that he's dealt with over the last two seasons. So Darren Waller over 600 and a half receiving yards with the upcoming season here, Rod. He's becoming the de facto wide receiver one. Like literally that's what he's slotting into. So you're telling me that I, I know that their, uh, their output last season was abysmal. I mean, it wasn't good like Richie and all those guys, Darius Slayton, but I mean, you're getting Darren Waller who in, I mean, he's like the Kyle Pitts without looking like the wide receiver one basically. So, um, um, yeah, it's 650, I 600 mean, and a half. Yeah. 601 well, he needs. 601? Yeah. He can he can get twice that. Like this is this is probably going to hit after 7 games of the season if not 6. Like yeah, give me the over on this one and and not even close. Uh Chris thoughts on uh Darren Waller. Yeah, I think um the only thing I'll add, you know, the 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 only hesitation you mentioned it already is his ability to kind of stay on the field. He he played 9 games last year and 11 games the year before. Um and it's crazy because Two years ago, he still cleared this number, even yeah. on playing eleven games. So that makes it even more of a point, you know. But um, I, I think I think you hit, I think both of you guys just made you know a lot of great points on it. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was that uh, Daniel Jones uses his tight end right. Like if you go back and look at the numbers, Daniel Jones is a is a quarterback who loves his tight end. So it'll be a lot of dump downs. Uh, Darren Waller is one of the better route running tight ends in the in the NFL. He has a big catch radius, so I think. That you know, collaboration and connection um, is only going to do really good things. And I, I would go out to venture what Ross said. Like maybe they, he could even double this number. So I like I like it as well. You know? So let me correct myself. It is uh, six hundred forty and a half. Uh, you can find that number over on Fanduel right now. I'm looking at it. The uh, some of the other books have it right around seven hundred uh, and a half, seven hundred one. But Fanduel right now has it at six hundred forty and a half for Darren Waller for this upcoming season. Uh, all right, guys, before we get over to best, best, like I mentioned, Jonathan Taylor does get the permission from the Indianapolis Colts uh, to uh, officially seek a trade. Kind of putting you guys on the spot here, but any teams that do come to mind as a potential landing spot where you insert Jonathan Taylor that puts this team maybe not over the top, but makes them a legitimate, maybe dark horse or a threat at least to, to win the Super Bowl or at least get to the Super Bowl or 
maybe he's that guy that kind of puts him over the top to at least get a playoff spot here because we've seen what Jonathan Taylor has been able to do uh, since coming into this league. I mean, a multiple time uh, rushing yards. Uh, I think he led the rushing uh, league, I'm sorry, in rushing yards. You take a look at what he's done in the course of his career to start the year. Um, in his career, 3,841 yards total. The first two seasons, he came out 1,169 yards. The second season, 1,811. Last season was an injury-riddled season for him, but he still got uh, 861 yards in 11 games for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Rod, any team that does come to mind here that would propel or really help the, or the having the services of Jonathan Taylor? Uh, I mean... I, I hate to say it. Well, I know because they got Kenneth Walker. So I don't, I mean, maybe, maybe Tampa. I mean, it doesn't mm. put them in, in like actual needing, uh, I doesn't put them into Super Bowl contention right away, but they sure as hell need a running back. They got Rashad white, chase Edmonds. Like those guys, they're not at the level of Jonathan Taylor, either one of them. So if, if Tampa were to grab them, it would at least take the pressure, some pressure off of Baker Mayfield. Like I said, it's not going to put him in, in Super Bowl contention. He probably will only talk to people in Super Bowl contention, but all of those guys have already got some pretty decent running backs at their disposal, right? Like, you're not going to go to Philly. You're not going to go to San Francisco. You're not going to go to Kansas City. Um, Buffalo, you're probably not going to go there. They've they've kind of made their bed with their wide or their running backs. So where's he going to go that can instantly win a Super Bowl or a championship? I don't think maybe instantly wins the Super Bowl. I think the one theme, I don't know why this was one team that popped into my mind that could really use the services and maybe have a really lethal running game and takes a lot of pressure off of the quarterback, Chicago Bears. I know they have Khalil Herbert that, again, he could have a good season. We've seen flashes of him, but you add Jonathan Taylor to that backfield. Now you really have to worry about this running game, and maybe that opens up the you know passing game for Justin Fields, but we've seen what Justin Fields can also do with his legs. And again, if you want to really get creative with those two guys, I think that's a great spot for Jonathan Taylor. Minnesota also came to mind to me as well. I know Dalvin Cook is now gone from there, uh, but you still have a Jonathan Taylor's entering fifth season uh, in the NFL. Um, I was going to mention something else, but Chris, any team that does come to mind here uh, for Jonathan Taylor? I think you guys picked some some pretty solid ones. I don't know why, you know, but th- th- this doesn't work at all. But to me, I- I'm not a big Cam Akers guy, so I was thinking maybe send them to <laughs> send them to the Rams. But um, I know some people a little higher on Cam Akers than I am. Um, but I, you know, I think with them still having you know Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson, and you know, uh, you know, you get you get back some of those injuries from last year. <sighs> Long shot, maybe that's the that's the kind of team that comes to my mind. I'm just not a big Cam Akers fan, so. Think he could kind of you know help their offense and take some of that pressure off a guy like Steph. Again, like I think Chicago with the trade that they made with the Panthers for the first overall pick have that draft capital. But I think in maybe another intriguing team um, that's dealt with injuries in their backfield, Baltimore Ravens. Maybe I don't know. I think that I that might be a good like spot. It happens in that one. They I have so many good running backs. With, you know, with uh with the quarterback and and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and again, I mean, now I think that well, the things that we've read with the new uh, offensive coordinator that that they want to open up the passing game where they were so run heavy over the past several seasons against uh, or uh, under the former offensive coordinator in Greg Roman. So yeah, kind of kicking the tires on Jonathan Taylor, but it'll be interesting to see where he does actually end up if he does end up on a um, at least a playoff team, maybe not a Super Bowl contending team. 
All right, gentlemen, let's wrap up this episode with our best bets for the NFC East division. Uh, Rod, why don't you lead us off? I mean, not just because it's the one with the longest odds, but I think it's just my favorite altogether. A.J. Brown to have 1,500 or more receiving yards on the year. It's 6-1. to I mean, like I said, you're going to probably have to wait on this one all season long, but in week 16, maybe in week 17, when he gets 1,500, you're going to be a happy person. You're going to be thanking past you for the steak dinner that you're going to be having the next day when this fun hits your account. There you go. Best bet for Rod, A.J. Brown to have at least 1,500 receiving yards at 6-1. to Currently over on DraftKings. Chris, best bet for the NFC East. What do you got? I'm going to keep it simple. You know, I, I, I got to go with Pollard. I just think, you know, like somebody losing 231 carries, like, and yeah. him getting, like, he won't get all 231 carries. Of course not, right? But he got the number that I need to get last year, and somebody on his team ran 230 times. Like, that just, that just you know, so 1,000, I think it was 1,000, just 1,001 yards, something that he already got last year. Being the focal point, you mentioned, you know, taking that pressure off of Dak Prescott, who can be a little turnover prone, a little turnover happy as well. Dallas, um, you know, relied a lot on their defense to kind of slow offenses down. I think we thought that they would be a little bit more productive. And they have, you know, they did lose Dalton Schultz, right? They, they've lost some of those other guys. And I think, um, you know, just looking at, you look at, Tony Pollard, I think they franchise tagged him as well, right? So even more incentive for him to come out and, you know, just want to have a, a really good season. I think he, you know, probably looks forward to being the, the focal point and not the guy that's kind of getting the scraps uh, that's left over. So give me give me Tony Pollard over the thousand uh, and a half uh, rushing yards this year at pretty much even money, minus 110. One of our good friends likes to say, Chris, one plus one equals two. Again, the math kind of really adds up there, especially when we talked about Zeke having the amount of carries that he had. Now that goes over to a guy like Tony Pollard, who, like you mentioned, already went over this number and the amount of carries that he did have last season. All right, for my best bet, I am going to go with uh, Rashad Penny under 600 and a half rushing yards. And again, not going to expand too much on it. Just go back and look to our handicap on why we uh, like the under for Rashad Penny. But again, just the gist of it. It's one football. You have four different runners, including your quarterback and Jalen Hurts that, you know, likes to run the football as well. And again, injury has been a, a concern all throughout the career for Rashad Penny. Again, I think they may just utilize him in that goal to goal situation where instead of having that that tush push with Jalen Hurts, that you, you know, turn around and hand it off to uh, Rashad Penny. But um, as far as his uh, rushing yards, I should say under six hundred and a half as my best bet for this upcoming season. Uh, for the NFC East. And that is going to do it for the NFC East season-long player props uh, sh- uh, episode here. Five divisions down, three more to go. We'll be back this later uh, week on Wednesday for the AFC West in our player props, another fun division uh, with the teams and the uh, skill positions that we have there in that division. But, Rod, anything else we want to mention before we get out of here, my friend? No, sir. I think we covered it all. This is uh, this will be a fun one to watch play out. I mean, obviously, the Eagles are probably going to do what they're going to do, but I think the scrap for second place in this division will be a lot of fun uh, to watch. But yeah, in the meantime, follow me on Twitter at RJ Via Gomez. There's a link in the bottom. Everything I got going on. Be too ma- too long. We'd be here another hour if I told you that. So just find it all over there on Twitter or X, however you want to say it. Damn it. I saw he's I saw like, shit. He said Twitter. I got him to say Twitter. <laughs> Chris, anything else, my man, before we get out of here? Oh man, I, I you know, just kind of piggybacking off what Rod said. I think, man, it's this NFC East division is always one that you know, 
you are. It's just kind of up in the air, man. It's always. Well, I mean, it goes to the, the point that like we haven't had a back-to-back division winner in I don't know how many years. So it's it's, yeah, you're right. Well, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, it's always a team that overperforms. It's always a team that don't really overperform because you always expect them to kind of play poorly, but somebody got to win games, right? So I think kind of watching, you know, who's going to finish in second place is going to be, you know, really interested in it, almost as a coin flip. So I'm excited. My, of course, my Washington Commanders are in this division as well. So, you know, my eyes will be glued and locked in there. Um, as far as all my work, you guys can follow me over on Twitter at CrispyCaptain2Ps2Ns. Um, and that's it. I'm looking forward to getting into, uh, you know, I feel like we're kind of hitting that stride with, uh, you know, some of this talent. So excited to, to hear what you guys have for the next pod as well as we get into what is it, you know, the, AC, the AFC West? AFC West uh, next episode. Uh, well, hey, we have three divisions left. Um, and this is a good reminder. If you haven't listened to the previous uh, pods we've done now, this is our fifth one. So go back and listen to the previous four if you haven't already. So plenty of plenty of plenty of time before uh, NFL week one that kicks off on September 7th. So you still have a couple of weeks uh, to get to the previous five, including this one. And then we still have three more divisions that we're going to get into uh, over the course of this week. And then the final two we will do next week. And then I will come up with something fun uh, for the final, uh, that kind of that bye week before that, that calm before the storm, before we get into actual NFL week one uh, prep. Um, appreciate everybody that listened to us. If you haven't already, leave us a rating and review. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. More importantly, just download the SGPN app. And do us a favor if you want to support the network, uh, since all of our content is for free, join the uh, Patreon uh, for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Just go to sports, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. All right, we'll be back later this week. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.